Good morning, everyone. Well, I want to take you back to my college days. I knew Ashley, my wife, back then. Of course, just saw her in the hallways. Uh, back in college, my wife dated athletes. She was an athlete. So anytime I saw whoever she was, I didn't know her name, but anytime I saw her in the hallway, she was always with a tall, muscle-bound, perfect hair, cool car-driving campus guy. So when we wound up in a class together, I paid no attention to her. Uh, Not because I could not see that she was smart and beautiful, but I know what league I'm in, and I could see what league she was in, and she was out of my league. Yet we ended up together. So I asked my wife last year at our 20th anniversary, why did you pick me? And she said, because you were independent. She said, even in college, you worked, you studied, you led things, and your parents weren't really directing you or holding your hand. You could take care of yourself, and I was impressed by that. And then she asked, why did you pick me? And being a guy, I said, because you would have me. (laughs) Actually, because she was fun. You know, when you're young, there's a lot of girls who spend a lot of time propping up a phony image. They're so afraid to be caught laughing at the wrong jokes that they just don't laugh at much of anything. They're uh, so worried about being caught watching the wrong movies or taking part in the wrong hobbies that they won't, don't wind up having much of any interests or uh, hobbies of any kind. And Ashley wasn't like that. She would go to almost any movie I took her to and really seemed to like it. She was up for anything. You want to go to Rock Fest? It's a heavy metal concert. Sure. Want to take karate lessons together? Sure. Want to go in the forest and look for reptiles? Sure. Want to try an African-American church in the city for a few Sundays? Sure. Anything. And she laughed. She actually smiled and laughed genuinely at things, and she didn't care if it made her look cool or not. I, so I loved her fun spirit. And she loved my self-sufficient stability. And uh, then we got married. And and all that ended. (laughs) (laughs) That's where the trouble started. Because now we have to manage money together. And I want to save, save, save the money. And she wants to spend it on fun things that she's interested in. And she's interested in a lot of things. (laughs) What did we think was going to happen, given who we are? Now, I'm not going to have anybody raise their hand for any questions today so that you can all stay married. But let's be honest. The number one things couples fight about is the managing of the money. Some of your spouses, the way they handle and talk about money scares you to death. Some of you feel controlled. You wonder if any of your hopes and dreams are ever going to be realized with this wet blanket to drag around. Others of you don't know if you'll ever retire the way this person spends. You wonder what would happen if just one accident befell you and your income changed. For some of you, there seems to be no point in coming to talk about God and money. Had you remembered that's what it was about, you would have stayed home and used the snow as an excuse. Um, Although you're ready to believe and follow God and his ways, you're pretty sure your spouse will never cooperate. And it makes you feel hopeless. I once felt the way you feel today. My wife once felt the way you feel today. But we're here this morning to tell you it's probably not necessary for you to feel that way. 
Because the very reason you love one another is maybe also the reason you're now suspicious of one another. If you could only understand what's really happening. It was through the teachings of Pastor Dan here at Lakeland and then through uh, Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace Organization and then through marriage counseling that Ashley and I finally figured out what's going on. We're different. Cost you a lot of money to come to really obvious realizations like that. We're different. And neither of us is right or wrong, just different. I still remember sitting in the counselor's office and he said, you know, some people see the reason for money as security. You earn money to make sure you'll be taken care of in the days ahead. And I nodded wisely. Then our counselor said, some people see the reason for money as a way to make life enjoyable. They think if I never get to enjoy life, then why am I working at all? My wife nodded vigorously. And then I waited for the counselor to say, and her way is wrong. But he didn't. He just went on to something else. That was the moment. I was like, wait, like there's another way to think about money? Like I pretty much thought I cornered the market on normal and everybody else is weird. But that's not what he said. Then it was Christian financial guru Dave Ramsey who came up with the terms nerd and free spirit. Nerds engage in planning to provide security. Free spirits take risk to bring enjoyment. And the truth is relationships need a little of both. If you lack security, your fun ride is going to be over really fast. Now, this is probably why I'm a nerd, but when I was very young, uh, I lived in the trailer park of the free spirits. We had HBO, we had Satellite Dish, we had a ski boat, we had a refrigerator full of beer, but sometimes we ate taco sauce packets for dinner. That is not an exaggeration. Sometimes we ate taco sauce packets for dinner. But you can also grow up in the mansion of security with Scrooge McDuck over there holding on just a little bit more, just a little bit more, because you can never be prepared and have enough for all the things that could go wrong. And your life becomes a dull, joyless drone where the answer to every opportunity to have fun is, well, not yet, maybe next time. Jesus warned us that these two extremes in thinking can destroy the work of God in us. He tells a story in the Gospel of Luke about the Word of God going into the world like a farmer who's out scattering seed and that the seed falls in different places and different things happen to it. Sometimes things kill the seed. Uh, and one of the things he called the thorns. Listen to how he described the thorns. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. So the message of God comes to us. It's good news. God provides all we need and you can trust him. But then come the thorns, the cares. I'm just going to call that the nerds worry about security. And riches. I'm just going to say that's Luke telling us, I'm talking about money. Don't try to reinterpret this later into something else. And the pleasures. This is the free spirit's value of fun and comfort. Let's pause for a moment for single folks. 35% of households in Lee Summit are headed by single folks. This is a sizable population of who's in the room here this morning. 
Is this message really going to be all about married people? Because if it is, you know, I'm checking out. I wouldn't do that. First of all, not all of you are going to be single forever. You will probably face this issue. Second, some of you plan to remain single or it's just going to be that way for all, all the years you have remaining. But you are still someone who uses money, either for, with a bent toward security or a bent toward enjoyment. And you'll have to wrestle with this too. You'll have to wrestle with yourself and how you view money. So don't let all the stories and illustrations this morning fool you. This is not a, a married person's message. This is a message for anyone seeking financial freedom with a lot of marriage examples in it. Our goal today is going to be to align our hearts around this idea of having a budget. Or if you're someone who's more interested in enjoyment, you can call it a spending plan in order to emphasize that you're going to spend money on things that you need and the things that you want. And so the first thing that we're all going to have to come to terms with, whether you have a spouse or not, is that mere spending and saving of money cannot bring enjoyment or security or happiness. Those things can't be bought or saved. They come from within. Listen to this beautiful uh, essay written in the wisdom book of Ecclesiastes in the Bible. It says, I also tried to find meaning by building huge homes for myself and by planting beautiful vineyards. I made gardens and parks, filling them with all kinds of fruit trees. I built reservoirs to collect the water to irrigate my flourishing groves. I bought slaves, both men and women, and others were born into my household. I also owned large herds and flocks, more than any of the kings who had lived in Jerusalem before me. I collected great sums of silver and gold, the treasures of many kingdoms and provinces. I hired wonderful singers, both men and women, and had many beautiful concubines. Okay. I had everything a man could desire. So I became greater than all who had lived in Jerusalem before me, and my wisdom never failed me. Anything I wanted, I would take. I denied myself no pleasure. I even found great pleasure in hard work, a reward for uh, all my labors. But as I looked at everything I had worked so hard to accomplish, it was all so meaningless, like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worthwhile anywhere. Solomon tried every enjoyment, even some he shouldn't have tried, but it was all meaningless. He had enough He had more than anybody had ever had before him. It should have made him feel completely secure, yet he tells us it brought him no peace. And you already know this. You already know this from your own life and from the lives of people who live around you. We come to this house today to find real security. Amen. We come to find real joy and enjoyment. We come to find real financial freedom. And it comes from letting the ways of Jesus reshape our minds, reshape our hearts, reshape our values. A beautiful passage, very short, from Hebrews chapter 13. Don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. Don't love money. That probably is directed at us security-minded nerds. For security-minded nerds like myself, I need to trust in the Lord and lean not on my own understanding. I can never plan for everything. Just think of all the young, 
healthy people in the past month in our community who have died of the flu or, or some other mysterious infection. You can't really plan for what will happen next. You can't protect yourself from everything and extend your life forever. If you don't value the things of God with your money, it's all going to be a total waste should the bad surprise come to you unexpectedly. Now, I'd have a lot more in my retirement account right now had I not given so much to this church and if we'd skipped some of those family vacations we went on. But where would I be without this church? When I came home after the surgery, I wasn't expecting and couldn't stay awake for more than 90 minutes at a time for a week. You brought food to my house and my wife didn't have to cook while she was doing everything I used to do. You took my kids out to lunch so they didn't have to wander around in the house wondering what's going on with dad. He he used to, to move and stuff. Where would my marriage be? It wasn't my idea to go to marriage counseling and learn all this stuff. My breakfast small group told me I had to go. This has not been a waste. This was an investment in my own well-being, in my eternal security. Without it, I'll tell you where I'd probably be today. I'd be in a one-bedroom apartment because I'm kind of a hermit by nature. And I'd be there by myself. And if I had any kids, they wouldn't be talking to me anymore. No family vacations, no memories, no hobbies, no friends to do them with because friends are too expensive, you know. You know anyone like this? You do. They have a nice house, they have a nice car, nice truck, beautiful gardens, totally isolated. No real friends, thin relationships with family, they force that. That's you. If you don't let God take over this security value and show you what to do with it, when to turn it on, when to turn it off. Our scripture this morning says, uh, be satisfied with what you have. That's probably directed at all the enjoyment and comfort people. People like my wife. My wife's mastered knowing when to say go, when to say stop. That you can never experience everything. Yes is not always the right answer. You can kill yourself with a good life, you know. Oh, uh, just one 44-ounce Coke a day. I, I, you know, it just gives me a headache if I don't have one. Just one Starbucks a day. I'm not going to be one of those people who spends a fortune on a Starbucks. Just one a day. Uh, just one shake from Wendy's. You know, that's the best shake in town. No need to be a glutton. Just one Disney cruise a year. Just one missions trip a year. Just remodel one room of the house a year. Just one more pair of shoes. Just one more night out. Just one more souvenir. If we don't value the things of God with our money, we're just going to keep one more thinging ourselves to death. Feeding ourselves sugar and caffeine and sex and alcohol and television until we find ourselves meeting God much, much sooner than we planned. You can invest in your own fun and comfort and enjoyment and find yourself in the end having nothing that really matters in this life. You entertained yourself well. You left no legacy behind. You did nothing with the gifts God gave you except amuse yourself to death. And in the end, I do a lot of these funerals. You regret it. You regret the first drink and the last drink and all the drinks in between. You regret the chocolate pie that gave you diabetes and the diet soft drink that gave you dementia. You know anyone like this? You do. Lived hard, died harder. Body ground up between two constantly whirling wheels of fun and comfort, fun and comfort, in the end being left with neither. 
totally isolated, no real friends, thin relationships with family. They just guilt everyone. They're participating in that. So they have something. That's you. If you don't let God take over this comfort and fun value and show you what to do with it, when to turn it on, when to turn it off. Don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. It's time to choose a lifestyle and to choose it together. Leahy's have made some choices. I'm not telling you to make these exact choices. You got to make them around who you are. God's plan for your life. But these are examples. This is the sort of stuff the Leahy's do. For, for enjoyment, we do go on vacation and we, we try to do it up probably a little bigger than I'm comfortable with. For security, we do tithe the first 10% of everything that we make for God as our only source of real security. Uh, we drive old used cars that embarrass our children because we're just not car people. Uh, but for enjoyment, we do eat good food. We, we buy the best ingredients and we eat the good stuff. We're a family that doesn't do this sort of stuff. We don't, we don't have a big house. We're not, we're not big house people. Nothing wrong with big house people. We're just, it's not our thing. We never buy beer. Ounce per ounce is the most expensive substance on earth. So we don't, uh, I'm just joking. At restaurants it is. Um, we don't buy it though, too much. Um, for security though, we don't have a million dollar retirement plan. And we don't give a free car to everyone who turns 16 under our roof. Now, That's just decisions we've made. You can make totally different, even completely opposite decisions on every single one of those marks for reasons of what's going on in your life, who you are, and the plan God has for you. Uh, you, But you got to come to those values together and you got to come to them through the years. And you come to contentment and peace through prayer to God as you align your hearts to each other and then you align your hearts to Him. And the scripture says when you do that, a cord of three strands is not easily broken. And the expression of these changing values and these alignments shows up in your spending plan. Spending plan tells you the truth. We're giving people. Are you? Show me in your spending plan how much of your next paycheck goes to charity and the work of God in the world. If it's 2%, you are not giving. It doesn't matter how big on your income of a number 2% makes. If it's 2%, you are not giving. We have fun. Do you? Show me how much of what you make this year you've set aside for your family to make memories together or to value your friends. Or We don't waste money on junk food. We pay our debts. We don't impulse buy. The spending plan shows it all. The spending plan tells you the truth. And the truth sets you free. The spending plan lets you stop saying scary things to your kids like, we can't afford to go to Disney World this year. That's actually not what the spending plan says. The spending plan says we can afford to go to Disney World this year, but we're choosing to get braces instead and not go into debt to get them. So we're going to Silver Dollar City for our vacation this year. Must be honest, the new Silver Dollar City has better rides than Disney World. Your spending plan reminds you to stop telling yourself just a little more savings, just a little more, then we can finally do something nice together. It's your 20th anniversary. Go on a trip together. God forbid something should happen to one of you before your retirement plan clears your magnificent benchmark and then it was all for nothing. Trust in the Lord. It's just one trip. 
to Europe or one trip to Hawaii or one trip to Washington, D.C. or one trip to Beaver Lake in Arkansas. Whatever your lifestyle at this stage will allow you to have without having to go into debt to have it. He is a good father. Enjoyment is not something he withholds from his children. Remember why it is you fell in love. You knew that one of you is going to bring stability and security and you loved their strength and their level-headedness. So make more room for that in your spending plan. Just make a little more room for that ingredient. And you knew one of you is going to bring laughter and fun and all the things that make life in this world make sense. And you loved their spontaneity. So make a little more room for that. Talk about who your family is going to be. With both of you as an ingredient, don't make it a tug of war, an arm wrestling match, a winner and a loser. Make it a a wedding cake that you spend the rest of your life decorating together with the designs that both of you bring. I like orderly straight lines. I like to just close my eyes and go like this on it. If you're single and you're security-minded, or if both of you in the marriage are financial nerds, financial nerds do sometimes find one another, um, let the free Spirit of God speak to you through these scriptures. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. I came that you might have life abundantly. Jesus once said, the poor you will always have with you, but you won't always have me to worship in beautiful and expensive ways. You can loosen up. The word of God says it's okay. If you're single and fun and comfort minded, or if both of you are free spirits and you're eating taco sauce packets for dinner, let the wisdom of God speak to you through these scriptures. Without plans, kings fail. Without sound advisors, a prince falls. The fool says, eat, drink, and be merry. Tomorrow we die. If your God is your belly, if your God is your appetites, you are doomed. One son spent all his money on wine, women, and song, but when he was ready to come home, his father rushed out to welcome him back. So here's our goal for the next couple of weeks together. We're going to change our values about money. And then we're going to build a spending plan for ourselves and for our family that reflects and upholds those values. And that's going to be a valuable tool in setting us free and finding financial freedom. Now, in order to do that, we said last week there would be some homework. So here is our homework. Take out your homework assignments at this time. So you have a card in your program this morning that has the homework from last week. If you weren't here, the homework was to write down your income. What are you making? And then your true needs, food, clothing, shelter, can't get far without those. What are you spending on that stuff? Now, if you are truly poor, If your spending plan can include these four items in balance, you are blessed and ready to go. You pray to God for all the rest. Here in week two, now we're going to talk about some things in your spending plan that have security and enjoyment in mind. Now, if you're truly middle class, you may not be able to get every single one of these in. Or you'll get them all in, but not at numbers you're comfortable with. That is is what middle classness is. And uh, you pray to God who provides richly all the rest. But let's, uh, let's look at this. So utilities is a security item. There's nothing makes you feel secure quite like the heat staying on. 
All right, so get utilities in there. Automobiles, it's good to be able to get to work. That's a security item. It can also be an enjoyment item if you're a car person and nice cars is like where you splurge. So work that out and your values at your house. $1,000 emergency fund is a security item so that you don't swipe a credit card when your water heater breaks. Things break, you'll need an emergency fund. Healthcare, how you manage that is a security item as is life insurance. But don't forget gifts and holidays. Don't forget enjoyment. Someone's birthday is going to come this year. Christ's birthday is going to come in 12 months, and we exchange gifts. Put that in your spending plan. Retirement is a security item. can also be an enjoyment item if you're thinking you want to do something big with that. But also don't forget fun and vacations, a date night, a trip, a picnic, whatever it'll be. Don't forget to put enjoyment in there. And then the last piece of the homework for this week is to adjust these items above until your income minus the items you've included is not a negative number. Now, we're not done. Don't marry this, what your homework this week. Don't put it on the fridge with magnets. We still got work to do with this. There's still items missing and things to consider, but this is the process of beginning to define your values. Where's security? Where's enjoyment? What kind of people are we? So next week, next week we're going to talk about how to align our hearts with God. How do we find peace with God in our financial freedom journey? How do we really know that we're trusting in God and not trusting in money? We'll also sort out questions like savings. When it comes to savings, what's foolishness? What's greed? What's wisdom? That's a tough one. We're going to try to go there and continue our financial uh, journey toward financial freedom by aligning our hearts with God, who is our only source of peace, joy, and security we have. Um, The journey will be meaningless unless we align our hearts with him. Amen. Amen. So, um, God is our provider of joy, peace, and security, and He invites us to take part in the Lord's table, to be invited to the Lord's table as often as we gather, he says, to remember, to remember these things as our servers come forward. He also gives us a prayer, gives us a prayer to pray that reminds us in many places in the prayer of uh, that he is the source of these things. Let us pray the prayer Christ taught us to, to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. And then he took a cup and he said, this cup is my blood of the new covenant poured out for the forgiveness of sin. You sought your security elsewhere. You tried to provide yourself with security. That's sin. You sought your joy and enjoyment elsewhere. You did all this crazy stuff to try to give yourself a charge. And that's sin. But I come not to scold you for those things, but to to show you God forgives you and wants to accept you and bring you into his kingdom. So that's why we come forward and we tear off a piece of bread and we dip it in the cup on this Sunday to be reminded that he gave his life for all those things so that we could be with God. 
be set free from all that and take a journey into real security and real joy. And that's why we come forward today. So let us stand together and proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Hallelujah. The gifts of God for the people of God. Each day, may Christ be as real to you in your financial dealings and all of it. May Christ be as real to you as this food and this drink. As you tear off the bread of his body, dip it in the cup of his forgiveness and receive that journey. Come forward when you're ready. Day. Amen. Let us stand together. This journey to financial freedom. Has it been a person up here yet that didn't say it didn't take like five or ten years to get there? So it's going to be a bumpy road. It is not for the faint of heart. Let us give this blessing to each other on this journey. May the peace of the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace and courage.